Spencer, my good fellow. Yes? I'm a sophisticate now. Oh, yeah? I have signed up for master class. Mm. I've been taking Salman Rushdie's master class. I'm 10 episodes in. How, how long is it? Like 27 episodes or something. Lessons, not episodes. Well, how long is each lesson? I think the l- longest one I saw was 20 minutes. Most oh, are okay. about 8 to 12. Oh, okay. I like it because when I'm on my lunch at work, I can watch like a yeah. couple. Goddamn hater kicked on. You're going to have to deal with it, folks. Because now, we're sophisticates. We need to be warm. Do you forever have those? Or do you only have, like, have those for like the month? or it's a year. Oh, a year? You get, it's a year subscription. It's like 180 bucks. It's a little bit stiff. Uh, so far, though. Just, just for him or for like all the masters? You master? get everything. Oh, you get all, all everybody's master classes? Yeah, you get everyone. So I'm going to oh, watch okay. the Neil Gaiman, Dean Koontz, uh, probably, what the fuck is his name? Patrick, not Patrick. Shitty Patterson. James Patterson. No. Apparently, his, I remember Terry from the Dead Robot said it was a, like one of the best master classes on yeah. how to like sell a book and stuff. So, uh, see, uh, you should check out. Uh, I think David Lynch has a yeah, master class he's, too. He's got one on movie making. But I'm sure you could probably still find some interesting things out of that one. You know, with well, there's the still gonna be storytelling and stuff. So yeah, I would imagine uh, the Salmon Rusty one. It's been very helpful, but I will say I, I'm a terrible writer. Yeah. I am awful. Because he like reads train like this was one of my early works that was an awful failure and he reads it and I was like oh I I never wrote anything even nearly as good as that paragraph you just said you fuck I never read Salman Rushdie but I would go ahead and say he's literature yeah I was gonna say isn't he more of a uh, like a highbrow like- yeah we're gonna talk about I I didn't I actually planned this episode really before I even watched those I just started watching them so I don't want to really take whatever he was saying because he talks about storytelling characters like those are things i was already going to kind of talk about but he had very interesting ideas that i think you would like too about like narration styles such as uh you know like the mirrored st- style where you tell one person's story but then maybe somebody in the 1800s who's in your story has a similar experience like i think he used the example of uh, a mother and daughter present day fighting but then you also have like a flashback where it's similar uh the, the mother daughter fighting but Whatever those those characters, maybe they resolve it differently. Like you could do compare, contrast. You could do all kinds of things with that. And he just had a lot of really helpful things about uh, narration styles. And one thing I really liked was he talked about orator style, which is something I've never really done a lot of. Whereas you're the narrator, kind of like uh, Tom Sawyer, where Mark Twain was kind of telling you the story. Yeah. Because I always thought, well, that'd be an easy way to go. I never thought about it in terms of you can really have a lot of play with it. So say you have, uh, you know, you're telling the story, you can add your own personal quips and be kind of funny or dramatic or whatever because you're the one telling the story. It'd be like how you tell a story to your buddies. You have more play, whereas if you just do like a third-person narration, you kind of have to tell the story, but you can't add your personal author voice in there too much because that'll, you know, affect the, like, people be like, well, who the fuck's telling the story? What's happening? It's confusing. So I like I like things like that. So that, yeah, that could be a very slippery slope mm-hmm. depending on how and how much you use it. Yeah, and then he uh, he also goes into like setting his character, different car- character development strategies, just a bunch of really cool shit. I like so uh, you'll have to come check that out sometime. Well, now that you have these fancy new like couch chairs. Uh, it's called a love seat. You, you're never you, you, double you're just, recliner. Yeah, yeah. You just come down and you like uh, get up in the middle of the night to get like a drink of water or something. You hear like a rustling sound down and they're like, what is, you? What, "What is that?" Spencer and like a gremlin. <laughs> <just, laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. 
Um, I have spent a lot of time down here since getting that. That thing they mm-hmm. put in a box. <laughs> That's a big box. A whole couch. I never seen that. A whole couch in a box. Interesting. Anyway, going back to me sucking as a writer though, uh, that that made me. Which I was kind of doing already before that because I've been struggling with my one story I'm working on. I should have been done with it months like a month, two oh, months ago oh, by yeah. now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. It just it started making me think. Like I was up all night the other night, just couldn't sleep. I'm thinking about it. all my failures and like all the things I wanted to accomplish. Like oh, I want to get published in this magazine. Wanted to do this. Wanted to do that. None of it's come true. So I've just been struggling with feelings of being a terrible, terrible failure of a writer who will never make it anywhere and die poor in the gutter. And then, and then, then people will find your stuff. Hopefully, somebody likes it after I'm dead and cannot <laughs> give a shit anymore. <laughs> you fucks, you fucking jabronis, <laughs> fucking muckluck. Ooh, I don't know what that means. I heard it once on something. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. How about you? Um, pretty much the same. Uh, the taste of bitter failure in your mouth, or yeah, just the yeah. the daunting reality of this is what I need to become a successful writer, and I don't think I'm going to reach it. Yeah, b- both, <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, it sucks. Yeah, because you know we all had the. Old, I'm sure we both had the uh, new year, new goal set. You know, slate is clean. Yeah. Let's do this shit. And the shit has not. I don't want to get too depressing on just the cold open. Let's <laughs> save that for the main episode. Yeah, but uh, my words have not been beautiful or sobering or anything that elicits any kind of feeling. Um, they're just not good. I don't, I don't know. I thought I was on a good streak there where I started hitting them up. Like, the first 6,000 words of the story I was working on were pretty good. I was enjoying it. I was like, all right. Then it just started to fall apart. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. My mind's also, because I've been wanting to write that, you know, start on the novel I want to write, and my mind's been trying to... I'm trying to pull it back. Like, no, finish this yeah. fucking story, and then you can go do the novel. And I know you've, you know, you. I think in past episodes you told me, like, hey, maybe work on this, and then you can work yeah. on... But if I do that, I'm not going to go back to that story, I don't think. Yeah, and you've had enough of those stories yeah. that you haven't got back into yet. And it just probably never will. So I, I don't know. It's it's a, a just, I just want the first draft done. I get the first fucking draft done, and then it, I feel like it'll be easier. I could finish it whenever I want. Once you get the first draft done, you can go back any time. Yeah. It's usually better to take a good chunk of you know time off. But yeah, but it's after it's done, not while you're working on no, it. No, <laughs> when you're working, yeah, yeah. Ah! That hurts. It hurts when I pee just because all the pent up aggression and rage and self loathing it just pushes out just oil and vinegar and salt water. Salt water's kind of pee anyway, right? I know you're not supposed to drink it. Too salty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know where we're at. We should, we'll start the episode and be less depressing, right? No. So, anyway, <laughs> I hate my. Penis. <laughs> That's how the episode starts. We're just getting over ourselves, can we? Anytime we have a chance to like take the high, the high road, and be like mature, civil adults uh, talking about adultly things.
The fact that you use word <laughs> use the word adultly <laughs> kind of uh that kind of uh seals our fate there. That's that's we're never gonna take the high road. We, we take the road with the most quest. <laughs> yeah. For those listening, if you are listening and you haven't turned off immediately after penis, this is the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Egyptian earlobe eviscerator church. That's I, It had to be E, and I didn't know what went with eviscerator. Like, what part of the body starts with the E other than earlobe? Mm-hmm. You can't think of one, can you? Somebody out there knows <sighs> one, and they think we're stupid. But you know what? Shut up, smart person. Think we're th- Anyway, we're talking about... What are we talking about? I don't, I don't know. You're the one that comes up with the ideas for the episode. But I told you the idea. I don't... You remember that was like not even ten minutes ago. I said, "Hey Spencer, here's what we're gonna do." But can like, you yeah. can you not remember it now? I can't. All I can think about is penis. <laughs> My penis. So anyway, I was walking down the street, right, and I uh, saw. No, we're talking about how to craft a story, right? Something like that. Oh, I had a a better way of saying that, but yeah, we're talking about how to craft a story of such. Such things, stupid things, things we shouldn't talk about anymore. Uh, we like uh, the elements of the story. That's the word. The elements of crafting a good story. Spencer, you're on the ball. Remind me of that when I need to save this file for the title. <laughs> We're not looking at a list or anything. We're just going by our experiences. So feel free to do it completely different if that's how you feel at home. And uh, let us know yeah, how what you... your style is. But for me, we'll, we'll talk about our styles and how we go into a story. Um, because, you know, when you're crafting a story, it starts off usually in your head, right? Yeah. So, like, how do you get into it? For me, it usually is just a random idea. Yeah. I see something in my daily life, uh, something just, I watch a movie, anything that just sparks a little thought. And I'm like, hey, you know what would be cool? And then that's usually how I get the ball rolling. What about you? Uh, normally like the same, it's a, it's just like a weird, uh, just a weird nugget, even just like, uh. It can even be like a name or something. Yeah. Sometimes I think of a character name and yeah. it just sparks a whole thing that uh, could go with that. Like, I don't know about you, but like whenever you were on the, like when you were a kid and you were on the school bus on the way to school and just looking out the window, I'd always be like wondering like other people in the call would be like, I wonder what, what are they doing today? What are like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that can, like, that's kind of like a whole, you know. Sparks your imagination. Gets and, a yeah. Rolling. Or just like it's either it's either that or like I come up with like an aspect of the story that I really think is interesting, like a character or kind of like an overall kind of like uh, like a plot idea. Like, what if you know some weird thing happened? Like, you know what I mean? What if everybody just had the third eye in the middle yeah. of their forehead overnight? Like, well, what what would that be like? You know, just some some kind of random like. Just half of a half of a thing that to go off of. I think most writers are like that. I don't even know if there's another way to be, honestly. But this is where we'll probably, you know, take different paths. When you actually get to writing that story um, or just starting, where do you start? For me, uh, it's usually because I go mostly off a name or a title or something that I pop in my head and I actually craft a story around that. And the first thing I usually do is the setting. Whereas I feel like you probably do character, right? Well, I'm going to say it, uh, it kind of varies a little bit. Like, uh, I think 
for me, it depends on like whatever that nugget that I start off yeah. with. If it's that character that I like, oh that guy is cool, then yeah, I build a, a world around that like that character. Mm-hmm. But if the if my initial idea is like this cool kind of setting, and then it's like, all right, now I need to make people to interact and to put into this setting. Right. So I I think a little bit um it kind of uh varies on the story and that initial uh story idea. Mhm. I like to get the setting down even if it's just one scene. It yeah. might cuz my story might not be set like most of my stories aren't usually set in just one spot and that's where it takes place. And I don't mean one spot is like a room or something like you know a state, a country, like just one main area. I kind of tend to write a lot usually the setting's not like the main focus of my stories yeah. but i like to have the setting first and foremost just so you know where it's taking place and then i expand on that without the setting idea for me it's like my characters are just aimless mm-hmm. like i need a, a place for them and i mean that sounds kind of generic you need a place for your characters to be but as the years have gone by i've worked on making the setting more of a character, more of a main feature, because it's easy just to, you know, he's in the library, now he's in his ex's house, and like just kind of go through and maybe brief descriptions, but if you can give that setting, say, an old rustic house, if you can actually give that feeling, and you can hear the walls breathing, and the, you know, the pipes groaning, and things like that, you can give it, uh, you can elicit feeling from the house and make it its own character almost, and that... I feel like sucks the reader in, and I, I've been exploring that more. Where you, uh, you maybe either you, you want the reader to want to get out of that setting immediately. Oh man, this place is fucking terrible. I hope this character gets out of there, um, even though it might be a character-heavy piece where what's happening to them is more important than where they are. You still want that 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 setting to be like, like a secondary focus, but have its moment to be like like The Shining's a good example. Yeah. The Overlook Hotel is. The main character, but it's not. Well, the, the, the always the thing that I always hear that whenever the uh, for an example for this kind of thing is uh, is like Gotham from Batman. Is Gotham is is is, is its very own like that city is its yeah. own character. It has its own history. It has a lot to do with how characters interact with inside of its walls and stuff like that. Versus like a Metropolis where. Uh... Like what? Like what? Is it Emerald City? Like the Arrow universe is kind of like yeah. in between uh, Superman City and Batman City. Yeah. Kinda. As far as like a dark, gritty nature. Yeah. Um. But like, you, like you have Superman City. It's uh, like, you know, it's a major setting, but it doesn't really have. At least to me, I never really had much like feeling. Like it's not. That's just where things take place. Yeah. Versus Gotham, where that's like, like you said, like th- that. Th- it shapes the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the Joker? In a different city, yeah. I mean, obviously, he could be in a different city, but if if Joker grew up in a different city, he wouldn't be the Joker, yeah. probably. Like that—that's the kind of feeling. Batman, Batman, Lily wouldn't be Batman without, without the, Gotham. Yeah. yeah, so you can uh, have the setting be major, and this will go into our next thing about character motivations and stuff. It can be how the character came to be. And you don't even really have to focus as much on it. Because some writers, I feel like they go too hard into the setting. Like, everything's just about the... uh, I'm trying to think of... uh... Well, I I think another good example for the setting being its own character is, like, say, if you're... uh... Uh, like Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. or just any kind of prison story if you do it if you do it right 
and had if you give that that uh that prison a, a certain kind of feel and like kind of dread or you know i think any kind of things were like a a character stuck in a place well you or... can make a prison just be a generic cold you know like like a jail like that's just where they are or you can make it like a suffocating claustrophobic type of place like where it's you really feel trapped, and the, as the reader, you feel trapped with the prisoners, or you could just have it as, oh, I got to escape from prison, or whatever the story is, and it's, it's not that, but like Shawshank Redemption, I mean, that was a shitty prison. Yeah. You, just, you wanted to get out. The guards are hard. Um, the food probably sucks, you know. Like, sexy ladies on the walls yeah. that you drill behind yeah. them. Go in a shit tank, shit pipe. But moving on from setting, because that's usually where I start, and then I work on how can the care like we were talking about how the characters... And this is what I need to work on more. It was like how we talked about Batman being Batman no. because of Gotham. I want my characters to be who they are because of the setting. Where I'm at in my writing, I tend to usually just focus on how they are at the moment because of the setting. So, you know, you're in a desert. You're going to be hot, miserable, that kind of stuff. But I would like it to be, you know, more detailed than that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as characters, where do you start with characters? Because I know a lot of authors start with the looks. I actually start with the motivations yeah. of what the character, why are they doing what they're doing, and what is their end goal. I usually focus on the end goal before I even focus on the motivation. And you just kind of go backwards. Yeah, so, you know, I got a character who's got to get a, a gem out of a cave. Why does he care about this gem so much? Why is he going to risk his life for the gem? Then there's his motivations. Does he have to save somebody? Does he need money for it? Is yeah. somebody like If he does save somebody, him? why would he save them? Why is that in his character? I focus more on that, whereas a lot of... Especially like indie authors I've read, it seems like they always focus, you know, the guy's rugged good looks or his hair. I mean, th those are important, the, the character traits, but I don't, like, some of the best authors I've read and the best books I've read, the characters are kind of just generic and, like, their looks aren't described that are, very are they, well. That are they slowly get described Over to time. you throughout the, like... Because I know, like, there's been like, a couple times, like, even, like, I'll read a Stephen King book and you just... It's, like, a couple chapters in and you find out a new... Way like the person's hair looks different. Yeah. I mean, it's like that you don't really find that out until like the third chapter, even though that they've been in the first two. What I think was a interesting way, um, not necessarily interesting, like a way I liked doing it, like someone who did a character detail without being too ham fisted or even dragging it out, was like uh, Andy Weir in Artemis. Yeah, you get a complete visual of the girl. But I never really felt like it was something that I, it was a focus, really. It just yeah. kind of came out organically. I just used him because he's not, like, a traditional writer. I feel like a lot of even, like, mainstream writers who have been writing for a long time either are really good at it or have trouble on character design and stuff. Um, and that goes in past conversations we had about do you draw out your character, yeah. like, physically draw them. Do you write down – because a lot of people – I think even Salman Rushdie said in that master class uh, – he didn't say it in like the RPG style, coming up with the whole backstory. But you know, you know, come up with kind of a backstory for the character that might never be used yeah. and different things. But he didn't. He didn't even mention like really drawing out the character to have every single physical. Because I, in my, when I read something, I kind of want to be able to, depending on who it is, is either John Wick style where I, you know, kind of more of a generic person that I could just superimpose myself on. Yeah. Depending on the story, or I can just kind of imagine what the character looks like, and you give me some visual. You know, cues. Yeah. But I can kind of picture who they are and I can come up with what they look like. And then they could be more of a hero that, if they're the hero or whatever the character is, they could be more of my vision, which is always fun. 
versus if the author completely details it and then well this is what they look and, like. Yeah, cuz that's the tricky thing. You want to be like you want to be detailed, but you want to keep it kind of loose so like it can kind of even be a little bit different for each person reading it. Like like you know, like you were saying like you got to have it if you have it a little bit more loose, it, it it's easier for the the reader to see th- themselves each in the characters, if you go with this strict, like, detailed outline of how, you know, how the guy looks. And th- I think that is kind of why, at least in what I've read, you see the antagonist is usually described very well. Yeah. Uh, so the villain is usually more fleshed out, detailed-wise, than the char- the protagonist might be, because, um, you know, who's going to want to identify with like you're not gonna superpose yourself on the, the the villain, so I feel like you might uh kind of want to know you know they got the scar eye the you yeah. know fucking toupee whatever it is they they detail it better. Uh, also going with the character, so we just we cover design and um, motivations a little bit. Is there anything else you do with your character before you go on to the other elements of the story? No, no, I don't, I, I can't really think of anything yet, because once you get the character kind of mapped out a little bit, and you get that, that, that back history you might never use, and, you know, how they might look and stuff like that, uh, other than, like... Character traits, like speech patterns yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and, and other than, like, um, like uh, future plans, you might want to be, like so-and-so loses a hand mm. at some point or da-da-da dies. Like, you know what I mean? To just try to keep that stuff straight so you don't, you know, forget it, you know, when you get to that point. I ask you this question because this is something we both have not had a lot of uh, experience in. There is another character element or uh, another writing element with characters that we don't focus on. How do they interact with other characters? Yeah. You didn't, we don't, and a lot of people I know don't really talk about how they flesh that out. Because if you think about your real life, you don't talk to your mom the way you, you talk, talk to your brother. Yeah. You don't talk to your brother the way you talk to your girlfriend. Like, yeah. It's different. Yep. Characters in your story except are the exact here on, same. Except here on the podcast, here on the, here on the podcast, we're 100% true and real with you people. We. Can you dig it, brother? Can you dig it? We, uh. Spencer does. I'm completely dishonest. <laughs> this is even my real voice. I want to. I'm gonna insert that uh, from Eric Andre's show when uh, Hannibal Burris is like, "This is my real voice." And it was like a robot or something, like just randomly. I'm gonna put that. This is my real voice. But that that's a thing. That's a topic I've never really actually heard addressed. I don't think is how your characters interact with each other. Yeah. Um. Because if you're writing a novel, especially, you're probably gonna have a lot of characters for the most part. Like most novels have a good bit of characters. And how does your character interact with a bum on the street? Mm. Again, going back to the backstory you might never use, think of your character in that form. How would they treat the uh, the waiter who spills their drink in their lap? How do they treat uh, their wife when they burn the pot roast? Yeah. You have to think of these things just to so you could better flesh out your character in your head. And I don't want to shit on anybody, but I feel like a lot of indie authors... They don't flesh out their character. And I'm guilty of it as anybody. Like, I don't flesh out my characters enough because I haven't written stories. Like, I haven't written novels where it would come up. Yeah. Because uh, short stories, it's hard to really flesh out a character that much. But uh, Especially if you're going to have multiple characters. Yeah. But there's plenty of work. And even famous writers, we've read work where you're like, this character doesn't have much of a personality. Or this character 
Like, I, just don't seems give, like, like, I don't give a shit about this person. Yeah, going back to the John Wick thing, he just seems like, you know, kind of an everyman. It's not... Because John Wick, like, can't... Not John Wick specifically, obviously. I'm talking about, like, Keanu Reeves as an actor playing John Wick is... uh and why he like in the Matrix too with Neo? It's because Keanu Reeves, when he's playing these characters, you know he's not the greatest actor. Yeah, he's more of like an everyman. You can just kind of picture yourself in that that his shoes. Yeah, um, which is actually a hard thing to do visually, like a movie, but he does it. Like you can, you kind of forget you're watching Keanu Reeves. You're just thinking, oh, this is me, or you know, this is somebody. You, know, you put your hero fantasies on. Yeah. In novels, though, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like characters who just come off as kind of bland in the I mean, way unless, they talk. unless if unless if that's the the clear objective for that, that like character, that yeah. like if that's like that character supposed mm. to just be this manila just you know yeah. plain jane annoying kind of you know i just want my character my protagonist to interact with people differently he's that, cuz that's one thing that's become more and more of a pet peeve of mine the main character, and often it's like a, a you know the funny guy or something. You're not funny in every fucking situation. I'm yeah. sorry, like that that kind of irks me now. Like it used to be when you're younger, like ah oh, you know he's the funny guy. Huh? But I'm sorry if somebody's gonna shoot you in the head or something, you're not making a fucking joke. Yeah, like, like there's serious situations that could be ruined by the funny guy, and that goes with the overly serious guy. Like not everybody's overly serious. Like there's fucking character arcs and you know different character types, but there's also People who do different things. Again, then again, that uh, to to circle back to that to the setting, like you know what I mean. Maybe the funny guy he has this moment to be serious, like has this serious moment that he has to do a thing or yeah, or, or give a speech or something. Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy, for yeah. instance, he has his moments where he has to be serious. But then there's also those 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 moments where that the serious guy can crack like a one liner, yeah. and that makes it way more funny. Yeah. Way more funny. My example of that always is the Justice League movie with Batman and Superman. There's a scene where Superman first comes back and he's like, oh, wow. It must have because he turns to Batman and he's like, oh, it must have been really bad if you brought me back to life. And Batman goes, oh, well, I don't not hate like I really yeah, not, like, not hate, hate you. you. And like, that is terrible. Terrible. What needed to be done is all Batman had to do is go. Urgh. He yeah, just had a gr- he just had a grunt or make like a just a just like a like a guttural noise, and it would have the same effect. It would have been hilarious. You want to know why it's been hilarious? Because they've been doing that shit in comics for years, yeah. and it works. Like, and it's not breaking character. Yeah, when he says, "Oh, I do not not hate you." Like, yeah, Batman would never fucking say no. That. That's stupid. You got to stay with your character type too. Next up. What do you, after you have the setting down and the characters down, their motivations, how they interact, you have every, all that stuff fleshed out. Where do you go, Spencer? What do you do? Plot? Plot. Was that, what, was that your next step or is, oh, am I skipping something else in your head? Uh, you're skipping something. Okay. Actually, the plot can kind of go to any time, obviously, because it's the fucking plot of the story. Yeah. You have to have the story idea. When we come up with the initial story, for me, I just kind of assume plot. But I sh- we should probably actually talk about that. You do have your plot, like what's going to happen. You might not have it fleshed out when you have your initial idea. I never fucking do usually. But it is a good idea. Whether you're a discovery writer or a strict outliner or in between, it's good to know kind of where you're going. But what I was going to say, because this is one also that amateur writers never focus on and they get into trouble a lot. Narration style, 
And more specifically, the writing mechanics you're going to use. Is it going to be first person, third person, those things? And are you going to stick with it? Past tense, future tense. Well, future tense would be kind of cool. No, <laughs> past tense or present tense. Future tense. Everything's happening in the future. That The, the elusive second person. Yeah. You going to do that? So when, when do you when do you go into that idea? Because that's I've been thinking more and more on that lately versus my actual stories yeah. and my characters and stuff. I've been almost thinking... First, how am I, like, after the idea... How are you, you going to tell it? How am I going to tell it? Like, we were, uh, I think we were talking about in the cold open, about, uh, like, the oratory style of, like, uh, Mark Twain or something. That kind of got my mind rolling on the story I was going to work on now. I was like, would I like to tell this story? Would it? Fit, would that style fit with this story? What style is going to fit with your story? Yeah. Uh, I'm telling more of a serious story with fantastical elements. I don't think an oratory style would work very well so i'm probably just gonna go with third person style no like strict narrator i guess that's something i have to look into more because that's something i never really think about like who's telling this story or how's this story being told because if you look at less successful writers in their lifetime like hp lovecraft he always did like it, well we talked about this with the dracula episodes it's always like journal entries well, or newspaper so the, entries yeah or a lot of the especially like a lot of the literature oh, Liter- liter- yeah. literary stuff is always they focus somebody- more on who was telling the story or how it was being told like they just couldn't have the story being told yeah versus now i feel it's more acceptable just to tell the story yeah and the reader just kind of ignores like you don't really because i notice i don't really focus on it anymore when i'm reading is like Unless it's specifically told, like, you know, this is who's telling the yeah, story. Yeah, like, like, unless if they make it known one of the characters yeah. in the story is telling the story. Yeah. It's just uh, it's just a story I'm just reading. But that's something you didn't get a lot back in like, old, older literature. But as far as narration style goes, I, I think we both generally stick to... Third per- I know I stick third, with a, yeah. lot, a lot of third person just because that seems like the easy default... Yeah, third, you know, third person, uh, past tense, and uh, sometimes first person, depending on the story. Yeah. If I think it could, if it, especially if it, like, I think that's like if you, especially if you have like a wisecracky kind of like, yeah, it's um, better usually first person. Yeah, but with the uh, narration style itself, like I said, that's something I've been working on, uh, f- like focusing on more. But I'm I'm sure like you uh, me you probably haven't really thought much about that like when you're going into your story yeah. ideas like you worry more about setting and character and stuff. But I really think it's a I think it's really important to focus on how you're going to tell the story because you could have the coolest story, but if you tell it in the wrong way, people aren't going to give a shit. Yeah, uh, and it's not just grammatical errors or you know tense issues or anything like that. You could tell it properly, you know, from a writing mechanic like writing mechanics and stuff but if it's just not the right narration style for that yeah, because i know sometimes i've been reading something and i'm just being like well how is anybody supposed to know yeah about this story depending on like what like what it is yeah so th- i think i think that's something we uh could both do better in looking into and kind of experimenting too i think because that's one thing we both haven't really like dove into was telling different narration styles like we both done obviously the first person I think I might have written some stories that had, like, some letter elements or something, like, told in a letter or something, like a short story. See, I'm trying to think. I I don't... Well, I I don't know what other kind of styles I've used. uh, I had that, um... I I did that one short story that, um... it, it, It seemed like it was being narrated, but at the end, it turned out to be... 
somebody reading a note. Yeah. And then it jumped to like for the past for the last couple uh, chapters, uh, jumped to like the per the person reading that mm. perspective. Well, you can make a story really interesting just by the way you tell it by jumping around like that. Now you have to do that in a certain way. Yeah. Um. Cause just like uh, just to uh, to kind of illustrate that uh, different. Think of uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, jumping he, around. Yeah, the way he tells a story and like. Cause there's linear, and then you can do a non-linear and uh, linear. Linear. We did that. We did this before. <laughs> why? Why do I fuck that word up? I'm gonna say linear. I like it better. <laughs> yeah. You know why? And this is gonna sound really stupid. <laughs> Because it just shouldn't make any sense. Every time I think of the word linear, I think of, like, for some reason, that's, like, one of the only words that actually comes to me visually when I go to say <laughs> yeah. it, like, it's spelled out. And I think of Lenore from Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, okay. So, I always, <laughs> like, the raven, like, Lenore. So, I just want to say linear. <laughs> I don't know why. That's weird. Um, but, yes, there's linear and nonlinear. And, uh, Which can be very tricky. You can, uh, I mean, that's why you got to give Quintero and Tino like credit because, like, like Reservoir Dogs, you there's and you could have fucked that up very easily, easily yeah. so many different ways, and like on the way you told that story. Well, the style I like a lot in fiction, and I think this is what I'm gonna do for my first novel. Uh, we touched on this in another episode. I don't remember which one. Where every other chapter, every few chapter, like you focus on one character, and then at like, what I was gonna do is you know two ca- characters together get split up, and then now you have chapters where it's one character, chapters where it's another character, and then maybe at the end or the climax or something they get back together. Then you so you converge the story. Um, I like story elements like that where you can converge and split up the story. You can tell multiple stories within a story. I was gonna say that's uh, one thing that I uh, I think Stephen King does very well is having his cast the characters and able to like have their own lives and own adventures and, and then, then come back. Or, or just telling like um to go back to The Shining. How many times in that in that book do you get a scene? And then you, but you get that scene from each major yeah. character's point of view, which is very cool. At different parts in time in the stories, yeah. Which, so you actually jump back. You'll read something, and then later jump back to that scene, but from like Danny's perspective yeah, or something. And and it puts a whole new spin on it, and just even like the best. And I know I always get your aunt trying to nag you into reading it, but especially if you want that characters who who are all over the place that come together mm-hmm. is the the stand. The stand. The yeah. stand. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the stand. I'm ready. We're not gonna talk about. It. We will talk about it though. I didn't read it, and obviously I would go by the movies, but I'm pretty sure it's similar in how he used a mirroring style where. You had the kids yeah. and what they went through, and then the adults. You had the same like it was mirrored. Like how do they go through it? What was the kids Eddie with the inhaler? Yeah. Well, when he's an adult, he's like, oh, the inhaler was fake, or you know, it was just water. Yeah, the the book is very much like the original TV series, to where it jumps back, back and, and forth. forth. And, but I do like how with the movies, how they kind of just they told one you know they told the kids sec the, the kids story and then came back for the adult stories and like you know reached back when when yeah. it was appropriate when they needed to two other things i like in stories and they kind of coincide flashbacks and stories within the story i like when which stephen king's obviously good for is when you can have a flashback 
And I'm going to use Haruki Murakami because he does this very excellently in a lot of his work where sometimes he does a flashback, but it's its own big story that's like really awesome. He also uh, does the story within a story where, which is a cool way to do narration is because you can have your third person story, but then if you have a character tell another character a story, like, you know, talk about one time they got fucking beaten up by a monk and you can also bring the story they tell. It's, you could bring it or even have the, uh, that character could be telling the other character, like what was previously happening Mm. in the story that you were writing. And then, so that character's like spin or his personality yeah. on it, like you know, it's always like the Maybe game. Maybe he changes it up. Like yeah. mystery does that. Like a uh, mystery, you know, little elements will change in the yeah. story. And then it's like, well, why does he remember it differently? Yeah, you could do things like that. But um, what I like is when you have like a character is telling a story, and then you get really invested in that story, and preferably have a conclusion of that little story. I hate when they leave you with like a cliffhanger yeah. in that story that they never get back to because it's minor subplot. But I like when that story has something to do with the the major, you know, the main story. So, but go skipping that for now. Going back to just the narration style. So you can have just a third person normal story, but then now all of a sudden you can play around with the oratory style, where it's like you as the author, but you're actually the character telling the story. Yeah. So you can have the personal spins of man, that wasn't that wild when he said this, and then like you know you can add more humor elements or yeah. whatever you want, but. You can really play around with that, and uh, I think a good story has a lot of these elements thrown in, where it's not just uh, point A to point Z, just kind of this is your typical story, this is how it goes. I think if you can throw in the little curveballs, have minor stories inside, if you really want, you can go Inception style, and you can have a story within a story within a story. You can have, a, you can have your story that you're telling, and then you can have a character in that story tell another character a story, and the story, the characters in that person's story also tell a story, and all of a sudden, you don't know what the fuck's happening. You know what this reminds me of, and I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know, but this reminds me of what I've heard of basically like what like Tenet is. I did not see that. I heard that's nuts. I heard that was terrible, too. Yeah. And you also can't hear. I watched a whole video on how you just can't hear. Oh, any yeah. of the dialogue because he just made everything so loud. And so I had a, I had a thing about that movie that we could use for code open one time. Well, maybe we should actually watch the movie. Well, no, it's a thing that I heard about. It's like, well, sure, I just go now since we're kind of, and it, it kind of throws into this of things you could do. But like, so the main character, his name is protagonist. That's it, terrible. I hate it. Yeah. So if it, that's why I figured the code open. I could just be, I tell you that, and then you just, just, <laughs> just. Bring that up in the next episode in the cold open because I'll forget. So then I can really rip into that and get very angry. But I mean that also kind of uh, that that's a that's a a style thing, that, uh, which I think is something we could talk about. That kind of falls in craft, you know, crafting and stuff is like the style. Do you want to be a really pretentious p- douchebag who names your main character okay. protagonist? Well, here's another thing, folks. You can play around with these different elements all you want. But just know they could fail miserably. Yeah, you could. It could work, or it could be fucking awful, and everybody hates you, and they want you dead because your story was so badly told. So just know that is that is something that could happen. Because there's this uh, there's this comic book writer uh, Jonathan Hickman, and he's known for having these grand, huge, in scope stories that need like three or four books and weave in and out and things like that. 
And, like, I normally don't like a lot of his stuff. He did, like, a Fantastic Four run. That was, like, his first big thing that I, that I liked. But then he did Avengers that made me stop reading Avengers. Ooh. And now he's doing the X-Men. And it's just really, like, he's trying to be too cute, I feel like. Yeah. And it's just, like, it, it, if it wasn't for the fact that it was the, the X-Men that I, you know, I, I like the X-Men. And so I'm trying to stick through it. But yeah, it's just uh, yeah, you you, you got to be careful because you don't want to be too cutesy yeah. and, and so too clever, and it just it, it doesn't work. Here's here's a piece of advice: even if you're a really smart person, you never want to be you never want to come across as smarter than your audience because people don't like people smarter than them. Yeah. It makes them mad. Same with the writer. You don't like Alan Moore. A lot of people don't like Alan Moore, and a lot of it is because it's just you feel like he's flexing his intellect on you all the time. It's like, oh, it's not necessarily it's his writing or his stories yeah. that you don't like. You you don't like the person. Yeah, uh, and that's the worst insult of all is they don't like you as a person. <laughs> uh, I don't mind the people who hate my work, but if you think I'm just a douchebag. <laughs> Um, I'm clearly doing something mm. wrong if that comes through my writing. Mm. <laughs> like, because I've read things where I'm like, this author must be a fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kind of feeling like that reading Casino Royale with Ian Fleming. I was like, he must have been a misogynistic dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll get to that later, folks. I'm not having a good time reading this Casino Royale. Spencer hasn't started. He's reading Slaughterhouse 5, which is awesome. Yeah. So, and that talk about go back to Styles. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You're going time travel every other paragraph sometimes. So you're telling. Completely it, non-linear linear storytelling, and we'll get into it in a future episode. Whenever, because that's that's gonna be the book is gonna be a topic, you know. That's gonna yeah. be an episode later. But I'll just say the the form of time travel yeah. in the book is uh, interesting. Know, yeah, for those who may not have read it yet. Yes. So sucking it back to end this episode. Sucking it back. Sucking, sucking, sucking until you know the big bang happened. But now we're bringing it back. We went back in time. You know, I turned it. I don't know. Can you go back in time after the Big Bang? Is that possible? Yeah. They say time travel is possible, but isn't that all? You know what? I'm not getting that. So we got setting. We got character. We fleshed all that stuff out. We got the plot, and we got the narration style nailed. Where do we go from there? Pretty much probably finished book, I would say. <laughs> we'll just say finished book, right? But now that now you're focusing on things like the cover art and stuff. This is where I feel... We haven't even... I'm just going to touch on this because it makes me very angry. I see on the old internet a lot. I won't even name the site at this point. Um, but I've seen a lot of independent writers. The first thing they focus... And again, oh, is on the, is I on don't want to say anybody's wrong with the way they go about telling a story and everything. But if the fucking first thing you do is a cover design and a title... Yeah. Before you even come up with characters or a story idea, I think you're going to fail. Yeah. Like, I don't... I mean, obviously, there's outliers. There's people that could succeed in doing that. Maybe it works for them. That's how they get their ideas. I don't know. But I feel like you're just going to... I think you're just dicking around. Yeah. Like, the people that come up with 50-page, like, drawings of their characters, and here's my character in a thong, and come up with all this stupid shit. I feel like that's a way to avoid writing a story. Mm. And, uh, uh, this is it's busy work. Yeah, and it's it's uh, procrastination, I think. Mm. But I will say this: out of all those authors I see do that on a regular basis, I've never seen one of them actually come out with a book. Yeah, that book they always come up with the cover idea for, and this thing called aesthetic. I don't know if this is a mainstream thing or something. I just see a lot of indie authors do it, where they come up with like. I don't even know what it is, like a fucking collage or something of doodles. I don't, I don't know. It's, like, it's supposed to be for their book or their story they're writing, but it's like it's cool, cutesy things. It's got words. Who cares? 
But they focus so hard on that stuff. It's like, are you writing the story, though? Yeah. Are you focusing on finishing the fucking book? No. Most of the cases I've seen, they have not finished the book. So I would say cover design for me would be dead last. Yeah. That's after editing. That's after everything. I'm not wor- worried about the cover design. Unless, for some reason, that's how I came up with the idea yeah. for the story itself. It's like, ooh, you know, it'd be a cool cover, and, and then you come up with the yeah, story. Yeah, or, or like, as you're writing something, if you're writing, like, a scene, you're like, oh, this could be a cool image to tell, and you want to, like, write yeah. it down on a sticky note so you don't forget it later. Like Again, there's nothing wrong with doing the cover at any point during writing process, right? but you should... The main thing is don't that's don't the, stop writing that 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 never get back to it because you're too worried about the aesthetics of it. That's like the that's like the textbook uh, of caught before the horse kind of yeah. scenario. I, I don't know why people do that. I feel again, I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, you're not a real writer, but I feel like you're not not even in the ballpark of yeah. giving a shit about writing if all you care about is like the aesthetics of how it's gonna look. And people do that with the actual writing too. I find this more in modern poetry. How. Oh. Like the, the the trimmings on the side of the pages and what the well, numbers even are going. I I can't read fucking contemporary poetry because it pisses me off. Because I just a lot of it's really dulled down. Like what is it, what's her name? Rupi Kador or something like that. Nope. I, you don't know, but she's, nope. it's shitty. She nope. writes shitty poetry that girls love because you know they can relate to having periods and stuff that she <laughs> writes about. Which again, I'm not shitting on the actual. I won't even shit on the actual poetry. It's the aesthetic, which she stole off of somebody else, by the way. I won't get into that either. But it's the aesthetic of, you can tell she focuses very hard on how it's going to look. And then puts mm. it on, you know, Instagram and stuff. And she made a million dollars or whatever from it. So obviously that worked out for her. But I just, I don't like this idea of how is, the, like people that come up with, oh, I'm going to have a, a circle book. My book's going to be a circle. What? And then I'm going to have the layouts all crazy in it. Like the, the paragraph lines are going to be different. Like you're focused, like House of Leaves. And I was just going to say, without reading it, it sounds yeah. like House, House you, of Leaves. You focus so hard on the fucking design of it that you kind of half-ass the story. Like focus on how the story. I mean, at least. And then, and then, if with within telling the story, if you can come up with a cool idea, like yeah. uh. Um, a few years ago, there was this Batman issue that they did uh, where they had uh, Batman got drugged and got put into this maze underground. And so he was getting lost. So they had him from one page was set up normal. And then when you turn to the next page, the page was like upside down. Yeah. And then when you turn to the next page, it, it was like it was different because it was, it was a different way of telling like mm. that story and its confusion and, and, well, and things like that. House of Leaves did stuff with that with the fonts and the format, and that's fine. Like that's kind of cool. My problem is if you're if that's like how you go into your story is I'm gonna do all this weird shit first, and I don't want to sound like an old head. I just think you should tell a good story first, and mm-hmm. then you can do all that stuff. Now, for House of Leaves, obviously, he wanted to do fucking weird shit, and he yeah. has, like, mazes. Like that, he has mazes, so, he's, like, the font's going to be laid out zigzags and weird shit. So, if he went into that, telling the story, and it would go with that, like, that's how he's telling the story, that's a little different. But when you just, like, ooh, I want my page to look like this, and then you're focusing on the layout and stuff, and then you're like, oh, I should probably tell a story here. You, like, that's... It's just, I don't think it's going to be a good story Bam. if you do that. Like, Story comes first, always, I feel. Um, then again, what if you're writing a story that isn't a story? Because I've read work that's excellent that's just, uh, what is it, uh, Kokoro by Natsume Suzeki. It was a story about feeling. 
it wasn't really a story. It was just like the feeling of things. Like you're just like this guy's in a mountain and you're just kind of experiencing the mountain with him. It's like a leisurely stroll. Very enjoyable read for me. I mean, I like that kind of stuff. Um, but not really much of a plot or anything. You can tell stories like that, and that's fine. It's just, but it, how again? That goes back into what kind of story are you trying to tell? How are yeah. you going into it? What are you focusing on? But <sighs> we're like an hour in, so we should probably wrap this up. Uh, a bit of a girthier episode than what we normally. Well, we had like ten minutes of uh, talking about our failures too at the beginning. So, what, anything you would add? I think we did a good job of uh, the telling everything. Of, uh, crafting a story. I don't know if we actually came up with the. I mean, I guess it would be the elephants. The elephants. Elements of uh, crafting a story because we talked about the different parts of the story, and there's a lot more. And I'm sure we'll get we'll yeah. we'll tackle this uh, yeah, topic in the in the future. There's too. a lot of finer points, and I think in the future it'd be wise to uh, break down each one. Yeah. So we talk about narration styles, and make that the focus of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of wanted to get it out, just different ideas and things we could maybe think about. And it's, I, it's, it's, it's it's a good uh, uh beginning of the year topic uh to yeah. you know to start off the year and uh maybe start off your new story right but i will end this uh on this note folks focus on that narration how are you telling the story that's very important and a lot of people just kind of tell a story but don't think about how they're telling it and what's the point of telling a story if it's just gonna it could be a cool story itself like the plot and stuff, but if it sounds just like any generic story that somebody would tell you on the street, like oh this happened, then that happened, like that's not very cool. Yeah, like you want the you want the reading the reader to have an experience. That's kind of why I don't like Hemingway that much. Mm. Because a lot of See, his I thought story, you I thought you was a Hemingway guy. I no, I just you... read all his work and yeah. was just I like the old man in the sea. The other stuff I could take or leave. We leave. I don't want to read it again. But it was just kind of very, you know, this is what's happening, and that happens. But it just, it didn't have a lot of style. He was very uh, basic. Anyway, if you folks have other things you'd like to add to this, or want us to do an episode on a specific topic that we talked about, or think we're just wrong, whatever it is, you can reach out to us. Uh, you can email us. Um, our contact page is drunkmenwriting.com. Also, our work is on there. You can go to the old Twitter, at Drunk Pen Writing, and harass us. You can go Facebook and Instagram, uh, at Drunken Pen Writing. And uh, if you're not listening to this on YouTube, you can go to YouTube, where one day I'll actually make some more videos and put up. It's just very, very laborsome. Then you're giving a big speech. No. No? No. What the fuck? You say you're giving a big speech. No. No, no speech. It, weren't you giving a big speech about, like, redemption or some shit? Like, no. The fuck are we? Oh man! Well, now we just got dead air. What do I know about redemption? I don't know. I thought you were gonna have like talk about your redemption arc. I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you just say you were talk, like living in the gutter, and then all of a sudden you rose up like the phoenix out of the ashes? No, was that, that wasn't you. No, I'm sure as hell wasn't me. Who was that? Are we still spiraling around in outer space? <laughs> are we just fucking in the void again? For the folks who haven't listened to episode, um, we talked about. You know what? Fuck it. So anyway, I was drinking a can of... No, you know what? No, I can't do that because I ended the last episode on a screaming surge. Screaming surge. No. I'm just going to keep talking. Maybe you should stop talking. I could hit... All I could do is hit the space bar and this is done. <laughs> just hit, I'm caressing the space bar. I know you want to get out of this hot basement. <laughs>